0: Welcome to Q the dagger brought to you in partnership with inside the rink inside the rink is your one stop shop for all nhl news insight and analysis you can follow them on twitter at inside underscore the underscore rink i'll be your host clifton rainy i'm with my co-host logan rosengard how are you doing my man
1: i'm good clifton how are you
0: i'm good i'm good and we got special guest connor green
2: from inside the rink how are you doing I'm good, man. It's been a long time since uh, I've gotten to chit chat with you on a podcast uh, setting. Glad to be here for the first time and can't wait to talk some hockey and knock off some of this off season rest.
0: Yep, should be good, man. Should be good. It's been a fun time. Uh, Logan, you want to hit us with our sponsor to begin here first?
1: And a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS is your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com.
0: All right, so later in the episode, we're going to rank the best third jerseys of all time. But first, we'll go ahead and jump into our normal segments. The rumor segment for once and probably the only time this year. There really isn't any rumors to cover, thankfully. Anything on that, Logan?
1: Probably a good thing that there's no news. I mean, nothing nothing wrong with Kyle Davidson just taking a week off.
0: Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's probably the only time all year that we're going to get this. There's going to be rumors flying everywhere around this team, which, I mean, it'll be fun and just might give me a heart attack every day, but should be good. And then we'll jump into the news segment, which is the big news. Big Haas night is Sunday, November 20th, versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's awesome. That's probably one of the very few things that will be Fun to watch because the Blackhawks won't be that great on the ice this year, but Big Hoss and I assume some who doesn't love Hosea, Um, How do you think about that, Connor? You're not a Hawks fan. Do you think Hossa is the right guy to be retired first out of that
2: group? I definitely feel like it. Um, I definitely also think that the Blackhawks could use a, a small victory right now, and I think this kind of provides the, the fan base and the organization with that obviously things aren't going to be great going into this year for the team itself the organization as a whole has just come through a whole lot of drama and it's it's kind of the signal of the next step forward with the organization i think
0: the new era the end of an old era the start of a new that's the way i'm kind of looking at it
2: yeah it's, absolutely
1: it's kind of nice i mean that that's like a pretty good piece of news to be the big news thing considering the last year or so that the Blackhawks have endured so congrats to him uh he was one of my favorite players during that during those cup runs it was it it feels like some sort of fulfilled like dream like a childhood dream seeing his number be in
0: the rafters you know so, I think a big good. thing about, about HOSA too, is he's been probably the biggest free agent signing, not in Blackhawks history, but probably like Chicago sports history. I mean, there's very few other major signings that even can come close to that, and there's none that brought the success that Hossa brought. Um, but we'll swap over to a little bit of worse news, and this makes the Jack Johnson signing Make a little more sense. Jake McCabe had cervical spine surgery and he'll be out 10 to 12 weeks. That just sucks for Jake McCabe. Finally, started looking like he had a decent game going at the end of the year, like literally the last few weeks. And then, boom, once again, he's out for a good chunk of time. Just can't seem to stay healthy. I don't know what he has in him, but hopefully he can get back to being a good physical defenseman. But his health, Should become first. It's a little interesting on the time, in my opinion. I don't know why they waited so long to have this, and maybe he was trying to rehab it and whatnot. Not really too sure on that. Uh, Definitely sucks for Jake McCabe, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, you never want to see, you know, somebody get hit with the injury bug. But, I mean, if you're a fan in Chicago, and especially the organization, I guess this is the year to really you know, not care too much if somebody's off the roster because winning is not the game that you're looking for this year.
1: I like Jake McCabe. It's kind of, I'm kind of sad that he's not going to be playing for the first few weeks of the season, it looks like. Um, I remember when we brought him in, I was pretty excited, especially considering that last season we had, what, Um Marc-Andre Fleury was brought in. For some reason, the projections had us being competitive and I was like, Oh, Jake McCabe, he'll be a pretty good guy on the blue line. Season ended up the way that it did, but I digress. Uh, hopefully he's able to be a factor in any way that, that he should be considering that. I mean, Connor, you pointed it out. We, the, the team doesn't wa- shouldn't want to win every game possible because there's a, there's a couple of kids that would be pretty influential in this rebuild. If the Blackhawks play their cards right this year and, Jake McCabe having a Norris-caliber season, which isn't likely anyways, but you get what I'm saying, uh, wouldn't be ideal.
0: Yeah, also, uh, I'm not excited that he's hurt. I'm excited there's an extra defensive spot open just because I personally want to see Velastic and Ian Mitchell in the NHL this year. i wouldn't putting on like, Velastic kind of doing a little half-and-half kind of year, but I think Ian Mitchell deserves to play in the NHL i think bowman rushed him and then he went back down he's spent his time in the minors he's looked really good last year this team's not trying to win he's one of your better defensive pro- prospects that kind of look like they could be a middle middle kind of pair guy so why not let him get another taste at the nhl so that's a little bit exciting and another news is jalen lupin or lipin sorry i'm not really sure which how like of the name it is, recently had a rotator cuff repair. and was out 14 to 18 weeks. That sucks. That's a long time. Again, nobody likes to see anyone get hurt. I hope he gets back, but a young kid like that, he should be able to probably get back and reach the potential that he previously had. Any thoughts on that, Logan?
1: Hopefully it, he recovers quick, as able as quick as he's able. I mean, yeah it sucks i don't know too much about him
0: uh yeah all right and that would be it for the the news not too much it's the calm before the storm camp's coming up so we'll get the rosters and stuff for that right around the corner so i'm super excited to see that i mean it should be everyone that's not in college um so don't expect like your nazars your commesso's don't expect any of those guys but um, you should get like your Korczynskis and uh, your Samuel Savoy, Paul Ladowski's. Um, I'm forgetting a big name in my head, and I don't know why, and that's gonna bug me. But we'll move on from that anyway. Connor, it's time for you to come in here and break my heart. What do you think the future of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tazer are in Chicago?
2: Well, I can tell you that my opinion has definitely changed. Over the last couple of months, since uh, we really had a, a chance to chat last, um, I'm going to start with Jonathan Taves because I think this one's the more difficult scenario to kind of work through. For me personally, just seeing the the health of Jonathan Taves over the last couple of seasons, mixed with his production and his contract, I d- I don't see him being someone that's going to be moved very easily. And if so, it's really going to be the case where it's you're going to kind of judge. It was this really worth it to have him go to another team instead of finish out this contract here, potentially retire as a Black Hawk. You know, if he doesn't want to pursue uh, his career any future, um, I don't see him being traded, honestly. So I'm going to say that he's going to be the one out of the two that stays. This is why I told you I probably wasn't going to break your heart too bad. There is really no teams around this league that would call themselves cup contenders who are going to go out and acquire a type of player like Jonathan Taves that have the ample cap space to do so. So in return, if you, the Blackhawks, are going to have to retain 50%, and take money back in a contract you're still probably not going to be getting a major asset like i don't see them getting a first round pick out of jonathan taves this kind of screams to me you're going to get a cap dump roster player a prospect and a second round pick and i don't know that that really moves the needle
0: can I propose something? So at the end of the year, Jonathan Tate's got a little hot, not hot, hot, like not saying he was like amazing. At the end of the year, if he stays healthy and paces out at that, and I'm just going off my head. You think he was close to like 60 to 65 points. Obviously he's amazing in the dot, good in the defensive zone. If he plays like that and you see a team like, I'm just going to use Tampa because that's like a lock or Colorado that's another team that's a, probably a lock to make the playoffs have an injury down the center down the center that opens up cap space those teams will be willing to give up a first or a second and like a scenario like that that involves an injury and tasting healthy and producing like he did for that last like month
2: I would say that it is quite possible just kind of not very convincing at this point. And I do think that the Colorado avalanche are actually a very interesting case uh, when it comes to Jonathan Taves and needing a center. If you look at Colorado, they're really not that deep in the center position. I mean, you have Nathan McKinnon on your top line there and he's pretty much the workhorse of your team, but there's really not a, a lot of names to, you know, shake your nose at after that. And could he be, a good fit as a second line center in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. But it also comes back on the other end of things. Colorado would need to move money out in that deal. Um, And then of course, you know, what are they really willing to give up at that point? And, you know, I doubt this is the case from the black ops perspective, but maybe it's a factor is, do you really want to make that kind of deal with somebody in your, division like that not necessarily as the blackhawks because you know you're not trying to win right now so who cares but from the colorado avalanche perspective you don't want to really give great assets to somebody who you're going to have to play every year
1: yeah if if there's any team that takes them it's probably
2: going to be a team in the eastern
1: conference and i don't I tend to agree with what Connor's saying, where I don't necessarily see a team that would be in contending, a contending position that would a have the cap space and b have the capital to even give up what Black, the Blackhawks would be asking for for Jonathan Tays. Not that it's going to be egregiously high, but a first round pick, maybe a couple high end prospects, whatever it's going to be, isn't something everyone has laying around, especially Cup contenders where. If this is the end of their window, i.e., the New York Islanders, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, they don't have the draft capital that the Blackhawks want. So Taze is I think Taze stays majority, if not all of the season, between the two of them. I, I would agree with that.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I think it's very likely. I don't think he it's easy to move his contract unless he has a really good season and flashes. I think it kind of also depends on if he says he's going to retire or not. They're definitely not going to trade him. I don't see why they would do that. Even if a team offered a first, I don't think Taze would want to be traded. I don't think he would want to even go for that last round If he's going to retire, I think he would just want to finish his legacy here. But I just, I agree. I just think the money's too much and it's going to take the perfect scenario of an injury down the center for a contender for him to be moved and the right cost and then the right health for him as well, which that's a lot of ifs and you need the right scenario for that. And Connor, go ahead and do it.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to do it on this one. Patrick Kane, I think is 100% going to be moved by the trade deadline. I don't see it being, you know, in training camp or close to the beginning of the season. I do think that this will get very close to the trade deadline before it happens And that primarily, you know, coming from a cap perspective, but on the opposite of Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane has been pretty healthy as of late, and he still has a very high level of production in the NHL to the point where I think a lot of general managers would have zero hesitation in giving up significant assets for him. Now, will the Blackhawks have to take you know money back in trades most likely because the same scenario you know nobody has a lot of cap in the NHL right now but I think you would be able to get you know a first round pick a cap dump player plus plus maybe like a prospect and you know a third or a fourth round pick to go along with it at minimum and that prospect you know there's, there's lots of ways to look at prospects, you know, with like a blue chip prospect, mediocre, somebody who's like an AHL, you know, at best player. So the prospects really kind of up for debate. And I guess it, it depends on each team's scouting uh, team for how you want to, how you want to view that, but I could easily see them getting three assets for a Patrick Kane. And one of the places Actually, I'll probably give you two because I've heard a couple from both of these teams. Uh, one being the New York Rangers; they've been interested for the last couple of years, and they will most likely have the cap space. They have an overabundance of prospects in their organization right now that they'd be willing to move. And of course, you know, having such a young team and a huge prospect pool, draft picks are being handed out like candy at this point. So that's, that's really one of the major players that I see being involved here. And then the other one that's kind of interesting, which I had heard a lot of rumors about at the beginning of the season. um, And I talked to someone that I'm in contact with about it. And I was actually surprised to hear that this is more serious than I expected. And that would be the Edmonton Oilers. Now, at first, my question was, why would he want to go to the Edmonton Oilers and play in Canada? Well, one, you're probably playing with Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. And then second to that, Duncan Keith is sticking around in that organization. And I believe as an outsider, and I'm pretty confident that you as a diehard Blackhawks fan would agree that... Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane have a pretty good relationship and he could be doing some pretty good convincing there. And I also think that Edmonton has some young roster players that would be very intriguing along with a draft pick or two from the Edmonton Oilers for Patrick Kane and potentially a a cap dump type of scenario.
1: Oh. And I never thought about the Oilers, uh, and that's mainly because I it just doesn't seem feasible, but from like a money perspective, it doesn't seem feasible to A, acquire his contract this season, and B, Patrick Kane is still a top 15, top 20 player in the NHL. You're not signing him for cheap in this summer if you're getting him in free agency. Um, Correct. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I I never thought, I've I've never thought of Edmonton as an option. I always thought the Rangers were kind of a front runner, and then somehow Colorado would figure their way out because it's Colorado. Even though again, it's the same division. It doesn't. It seems counterintuitive to trade your star player to a team in your division when you're going through a rebuild.
0: Um, I don't think Edmonton's realistic at all. It's just me. I don't think Patrick Kane would do that. I don't think. Duncan Keith would be enough convincing. I think a lot of people forget he just had a kid. And as far as I'm aware, I don't necessarily know if they're married or not yet. So I don't know if the mom's just going to want to fly up to Edmonton. I think New York's realistic, if anything. Uh, that's the team that I think is an option. But I just I don't think New York wants to make that move. Because if you're Chicago, you don't pull the trigger unless you get a Lafrenette, which they're absolutely not going to give up, or Kako and i don't think they'll give up him either and if you're chicago you don't pull the trigger you hold your hand because davidson and you go take a different offer from somebody else or you just keep patrick kane because davidson already showed calvin dahon he's just not going to pull the trigger unless he gets what he wants and i think a lot of people also just don't really factor in patrick kane's got three stanley cups what's the difference in his legacy for a fourth stanley cup or break a bunch of franchise records at an original six franchise in a major city in Chicago, where he's guaranteed to be a gift. If he wants to go to TV, if he wants to go to the front office after he's a lock for whatever, again, just had a baby, like an infant baby. So I just think that it's more likely than people think that he's going to move in my heart. I think it's 60, 40 stays just because of all that and because i think lucas reichel is going to be good enough that if they're allowing to play with kane he'll be able to get a similar connection with the brinkett he was willing to stay with the brinkett so if lucas reichel's just as good or almost as good potentially which i don't think he will be goal scoring wise but overall he could be a top six forward so kane could enjoy playing with him he plays at a fast speed his type of play i don't think they're as against it i think luke richardson's got them hyped from some of the stuff i'm reading um but it's just me i think it's 60 40 and i think the rangers are are the op- option if it is an option i just don't see him going evidence he's too much of an american pride guy and with all the COVID stuff on top of that with the baby he likes to have his parents at every single game like that's a lot of stuff that people don't factor in his dad's at every game it's an issue to travel back and forth to Canada. I just I don't think a Canadian team is truly an option unless everything gets cleared up that way as well. Uh, it's I think that's just too much of a reach, and that's just a lot of people hoping to see Patrick Kane play with Connor McDavid because that would be electric. But that's just me.
2: So I won't you know debate too hard on you know some of the reasons that he may not want to go somewhere. But one of the things that I will kind of argue here is if Kyle Davidson does not move one or both of these players for significant assets this season before the trade deadline, in my opinion, he should be fired and shot to the moon out of this organization. I heavily disagree. That would be the biggest mistake that you could make as a general manager trying to rebuild right now.
0: Prior to the NHL draft last season, I would have agreed, but he got us three first-round draft picks last year. We're going to have another one that's going to be top six, probably, guaranteed. That's another great draft pick. We're going to be bad for another year after that because guys like Frank Nazar and stuff are going to go back, so that's another one. That is more than enough for the significant rebuild. We have a couple seconds. We have Tampa's two first-round picks in there. he's done a great job actually of flipping assets and again, to bring it being traded, open that door. It's, it's a lot of hope and praying that prospects work out, but that's what every single rebuild is. So, I mean, flipping Patrick Kane for another first round draft pick is just another lottery ticket that we already have four of in the next two years. And it's going to be a late first round draft pick either way. So I just, to me, that's not that important. I think Patrick Kane, if he wants to stay, he could, Look what he did with Alex to it any kid he gets a hold of. It's just, I think he changes the way players play. And I think that he could bring that to this team and he could play through and be effective when this team's good. Again, he's that kind of player. He doesn't take many hits. He doesn't, he likes to play fast, but he doesn't like, he doesn't play like blazing fast. Like he's more calm, but he plays with fast skaters. Uh, I think his game could go on be really good and elite for four to five years and then good for three more years after that and if he wants to play that loose i think there's a lot of benefits and i wouldn't be mad at kyle davidson if patrick kane wants to stay i think that's i think at this point it's really not up to kyle davidson i think it should be up to patrick kane he's done enough for the city if he wants to stay and he should stay. he does enough and brings enough value Jonathan Tays, in my opinion, is a little bit different. If he's willing to stay for cheap, it's okay. Jonathan Tays, unless he finds his game, doesn't bring much value, I'll agree. But I also don't think you're going to get much value. I also agreed with that on the trade aspect. So, like, I think you're kind of SOL on Jonathan Tays' value unless he brings more game. But I think Patrick Kane brings a lot of value to the roster.
1: I'll say Patrick Kane... I mean, I, I I've always said this. I think he gets traded before the deadline. I think he's a, I think he's a Blackhawk for opening night. But in a rebuilding year, you want to in a rebuilding part part of team history, you want to get back as much capital in the draft and in your prospect pool as you can. And Patrick Kane, even though he's on an expiring contract, even though he's thirty. 233 years old even though all those other things that come with him playing for your team exist he's going to get uh, you don't want to let him walk for nothing right
2: that's the point
1: yeah you trade jonathan you don't trade jonathan tays big deal like jonathan tays at this stage in his game he's old he's a little slower there are guys younger who won't ever be paid nearly as much as jonathan tays has ever been paid who aren't nearly as good as Jonathan Taze, who can replace his role on any team, a second line center? There are cheaper options at second at your second line center than Jonathan Taze. If we if we keep him for cheap, if, if he stays the season, if we trade him, fine. Jonathan Taze is indifferent. Patrick Kane, you can't fumble that. You can't fumble that. If we were competitive, it'd be different because we'd want to keep Patrick Kane because he's the reason we're partially as competitive as we are. But that isn't the case. You want to get rid of him. Like, get max value. You've got the nuts. The river comes out. Royal flush. Get, it, get the money in. Patrick Kane should be traded. I don't necessarily agree with the whole firing him thing. Firing Kyle Davidson if he doesn't do it right. However, I will be very mad, and I think the entirety of Chicago should be mad if Patrick Kane getting gets traded and we don't get back at least a first round pick and a, and a prospect in return.
0: I'd one thousand percent say you're in the minority in Chicago on that one thousand percent
1: for wanting Patrick Kane traded.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I might be in the, the minority. Minor- I might be in Not the minority close. because most most people that live in Chicago don't understand hockey the way that I do. Like, sorry. <laughs> I, I, think my own this, horn, I, I think sorry. I think this
0: thought, so, so this is the thing that really kind of makes me angry with like the Twitter media and NHL people out there and just, oh, the Blackhawks rebuild. They're not in a good spot. They have 10 first or second round picks in the next three years counting last year. 10, that's more than enough to rebuild. Look at any other rebuild that goes through. And that's not counting like, if they move on from a Connor Murphy who could catch a first round pick late, and like you could go get a similar minus of the prospect that comes with Patrick Kane, you could go get that first over a first round pick with a Connor Murphy, or if Jake McCabe was healthy, you could have done it with a Jake McCabe if he had a good season. Like there's other options that you can move. Uh, Max Domi, if he plays really good, you stick him next Patrick Kane, and he puts up 50-60. A team needs a guy. Their teams are always willing to throw a first-round pick at the deadline, and then now you're talking that's 11 or 12 first-round picks, and then they do it again next year, and that's our first or second-round picks. And you're talking 13, 14 in the first two rounds in a three-year span. That's almost too many draft picks. Like, at some point... You need players that are veterans on your roster, and there's no forward on this team that's going to be here. Who's going to teach Lucas Reichel how to play and be a professional? Who did that for Alex Sabrinkit? And look what Alex Sabrinkit did. Patrick Kane did that. Patrick Kane got his hands on Nick Schmaltz, and Nick Schmaltz is a good player. Like, so, he gets his hands on T.U. Teravine, like he's a guy that could grow. It's But my speculation, though, is he stays if he's staying. Not if he's going to go sign somewhere in the offseason. Like, that's ridiculous. If he does that, then Kyle Davidson should absolutely be fired. But if he stays, then I don't think you should be calling for Kyle Davidson's head.
2: I mean, I, I agree 100%. But even if he wants to stay in Chicago, how does Davidson and Kane not have the conversation of, hey, Patrick, you know, you've done a lot for this organization. You know, I want to do right by you. These teams right here are calling for your services and are wanting to know if you'd be interested in playing with them if we're able to make a trade work. This is not going to change the fact that we want to keep you here. And if we get back to, you know, free agency next year, we will definitely tender you a contract offer
0: to come back. It never happens. Never happens. It happens like twice in NHL history. I don't think NHL it's history. out of the realm of possibility. I th- I think Anton I think Vermette's jaded. one of the few times. That, no, that just the uh, that thought that like uh, like somebody leaves a big name leaves and comes back like that. That's been talked about all over. It's just it never actually happens in the NHL because once the player leaves, he leaves. Like, and if Patrick Kane wants to stay in Chicago, he wants. It's because he wants to play for one team. Like that defeats the whole purpose of him staying. Like, when does Patrick just, Kane
1: ever not cared about winning? Like he he, I I don't know if you ever watched any of the games last year, but like you look, he looked miserable. Jonathan Tase and him looked
0: absolutely miserable. Heavily disagree. Miserable. Heavily disagree. He enjoyed every single shift he had on the ice with him and Cap. You, like you, you can enjoy every single You can enjoy every shift losing? on the ice. And still hate losing. Yeah, yeah. He hates losing. Everyone hates losing. It doesn't mean he didn't like enjoy playing with He's some got a players. Kid, That's dude. why.
1: He's got That's a kid. He hated- if, I, if I had if a kid he- and I was in the NHL and I had a team that was likely to win a cup in the next two or three years, call me and be like, Hey, hey, got Logan. four years.
0: Hey, Logan, if you're so miserable, why do you go, hey, if Alex de back, I'm back for sure. Makes the comment. He wasn't miserable enough to not stay for good with Alex De So he clearly wasn't that miserable last year. So if he's able to play with a player that can play and make him happy like Alex De did i.e. Lucas Reichel, then he could be just happy enough to stay like he was willing to with Alex to bring That's not that crazy or an outlandish thought. I think people just assume he wants a fourth cup and just don't realize like there are a chance that maybe his competitive level is I want to be a franchise leader at original six team, or I just don't want to leave because I have a one-year-old kid.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, I- I, I I, think he's gone at some point this year, bottom line. I, I
0: think, think if New York is an option, it's 60-40 he leaves. I think if New York doesn't offer the right package, it's 60-40 he says. I think New York is the one team he could swing because Artemi Panarin and we all know they love each other. I think that's the team that 1,000% could be pulled and pried over by Artemi Panarin.
2: And I don't – going back to one of your comments earlier – I don't think it's crazy out of question to hear the name Capo Kako when talking about a Patrick Kane trade. I think it would be closer towards a one to one, like maybe Kako and you know a late round draft pick, maybe up to a third round draft pick. But I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. the The New York Rangers don't have a ton of cap space, and they have a lot of young, talented players that they are going to need to sign to contracts and if you're looking at you know the jordan Cairo tage thompson timmy Stutzler contracts it's not going to be easy for them to do and i think they realize they won't be able to bring everybody back and that's a name that i could see happening in a patrick kane trade
0: See if new york's willing to move like that then that but
2: again i just i really don't
0: think it comes down i think it comes down solely to just does he want to stay or not i don't think it, like regardless, from there then yeah, New York opens the door, but I think it, it's up to him and not anybody else. Like, I don't think Kyle Davidson's going to go be like, F you, Patrick Kane. You're being moved. I'm not resigning you. And it's, I don't know. That's a tough call to make. Like, what would you rather? Would you rather chase a fourth cup or break an original six and retire with one team? You personally, not Patrick Kane. If you were playing for the Boston Bruins and you had Patrick Kane's career, what would you want to do?
2: So I'm going to have to caveat this because I definitely think that there's something here as well that factors into this decision-making. If I played for the team that I love the most, the Boston Bruins, and we had just come out of an absolute shit-kicking year where the organization had been drugged through the mud for the past year and a half to two years over all of these different scandals, i would be ready for a change of scenery at that point regardless of original 16 all of this going on with the history that is a lot of weight and baggage and i think that eventually that gets old for a player no matter who you are
0: i mean i think if there's any player in the league though that's an exception to weight and baggage and that maybe not wearing on him as much as anybody. And I know it's not the greatest thing. I think Patrick Kane would be that player. Not that that's great. I'm just saying. Because like, he's he been are, through it he, yes. Yeah, more uh, than, than once. Eh. Uh, taxi, allocation. application. Like he's been drunk through it multiple times. So I think if there's anybody that's willing, or no, that, that's not the correct term, anybody that's going to just put it behind him and not worry about it, it would be him because he's already had to do that in the past. I think that that's a fair assessment and maybe not the best words.
1: I'm going for a fourth cup if it's me. I mean, I, I, I I'm greedy. I don't know. The idea of getting four cups is pretty big. Not a lot of people can say that they've done that.
0: I would want to. I would want to break the franchise record. Something that's just, again, only one of thirty-two people can do that, and one of six can do it in an original. No, I mean there could be more different statistics, but you get my point with that. But it's definitely it's interesting. I mean, Connor, you do make really good points. And stuff. I mean, I don't know how, how he feels about that. I can't judge any of that. That's just pure speculation. So. With that in mind, I mean, that's a good wild card factor, though, because that could definitely wear and tear on him. So that's a solid point. But we will go ahead and get off the Patrick Kane news and go to the more fun topic and do the jersey rankings, third jerseys all time. So how do we want to do this? Who wants to fire off first here?
2: I mean, I can definitely uh, rattle them off first. I will caveat that some of these are definitely not third jerseys. Um. But I'll go from, I got my top 10. I'll go from bottom to the top. So I put this team on the the very bottom here because I absolutely hate their organization and think they're a complete dumpster fire. But the the jersey's lit. And that is the New York Islanders jersey from like 1996, where it says Islanders across the front. I'm pretty sure they're bringing it back this coming year. Uh, and it has the old crusty sailor dude in, uh, you know, the hat and the rain jacket on the front of the the jersey. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
0: Got kind of like the teal and the orange and the white.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sick jersey. I didn't even think of that. That's pretty sick. I do like the teal. I'll give you credit on that. I didn't even cross my mind when I was doing my list. That's a good one.
2: Then number nine for me, I have the oil and the oilers, the like the dark blue with the orange trim. I really like that jersey. Um, the Vegas jersey, the original one that they came out with and still have. I personally really like that jersey just because of the gold and kind of like the almost like sparkly, like sequin aspect to it. Um, then number seven, I have the Carolina Hurricanes third jersey, which I believe they might be making their home jersey. Uh, The one where it has basically the hurricane warning flags.
0: That appears very high on my list. Yes,
2: that's a pretty slick jersey. However, they get better. One of these in my top five is definitely going to surprise you. But number six, I have the Stars Black with the Neon Green. That is pretty dope. However, the Neon Green is a little excessive but the all black jerseys i'm a huge black and red guy personally wished i didn't go too hardcore into the black and red i know i'm on a blackhawks podcast and i probably should have but number five this is the one that i'm probably going to get hammered for the most but this is the toronto maple leafs reversible justin bieber jersey. oh you did not you leave did not i I'm hate sorry. that
0: jersey
2: the uh. part that i like is the reverse side where it looks like a leaf out of a mario kart game i don't know why but i absolutely love that and i am probably going to get my hands on one of those this season now oh, my home that's Homer a tough My homer pick is the Boston Bruins 2019 Winter Classic jersey playing your beloved Chicago Blackhawks. Now, that jersey has a special place in my heart. One, because the Bruins were in it. Two, the Bruins won. And three, because I was there in person. And it was a hell of a time. Now, number three, I think my top three is pretty fire. You need to let me know if it's not. Number three, the Coyotes Kachina jersey. Two is the Kings jersey from like 2010, 2014. And I think they also wore it in the 90s with the purple jersey and the crown on the front of it. And then my favorite jersey of all time is the Anaheim Ducks Mighty Ducks jersey. I think that is the iconic NHL jersey.
0: So you're not you're one and two, or my nine and ten. So both good Fair. jerseys for sure. How did you not have a single Blackhawks jersey on there?
2: Not one. Not one that really kind of like stood out and impressed me. You know the the one that know. they
0: wore versus uh, Detroit in the Winter Classic? No.
2: No, not really. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of Blackhawks jerseys throughout this throughout the years are pretty similar. I mean, I I kind of felt the same way about the Detroit Red Wings jersey. You know, it's been the same thing forever. So there were some teams that, yes, they have good jerseys, but, I mean, you're kind of beating a dead horse at this point. You might want to change some things up, which that's That's a whole different topic for an entire podcast when it comes to the Blackhawks, but I That's
0: tough. That's tough. I'll go next. I'll go next. I had a lot of the same ones you did. I had the same Kings jersey. I had the I had 10. I had the Anaheim jersey at 8. I have the black San Jose third jersey at number 8. I know that that's probably a little off-board, and you probably got it coming. I just like the teal. Teal's really good. I think it's underused in the NHL. I think teams could do a better job. I like dark colors with a little light colors, kind of like you did with the Dallas and Edmonton, I noticed. Uh, I do like jerseys that kind of pop a little bit. Um, at number seven, I have the Minnesota green where it has like Minnesota kind of like going down it with the cream coloring in it. Cream just has a sweet spot in my heart. Um, I have the Ottawa, the O with all the stripes across it. You guys know what's what I'm talking about there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one is number six. I have Colorado's third Jersey from this year, one with the triangle in the middle as my number five. I have the Washington one with the stars on it that everyone knows that one for me is number four and then i have Caroline's third jersey like you did at number three this one was probably the most surprise that you didn't have on your list connor the new york rangers uh liberty jersey i think that jersey is just absolutely fantastic that's at number two and then you could put every single black jersey number one but if i had to pick one i would go with the winter classic jersey versus detroit i love the black and cream i don't know why they won't give us the opposite reverse for the reverse retro 2.0 if it's that stupid leak jersey i'm going to be pissed but that's definitely in my opinion the best jersey um but i mean you could pretty much select any hawks jersey and throw it number one for me black and red's my favorite combination so kind of sweet that my favorite sports team was black and red so works out for me how about you logan i
1: feel kind of gross for having a blues jersey in my top 10 but for whatever reason i i love
0: you're kicked off, you're kicked br- br- off. No, you kick me off i
1: i think i think at my 10th spot i've got the like the archway jersey that the blues had uh it's like it's a circular crest it's got st louis around it and it's got the uh the st louis archway uh, nine. I've got the black Blackhawks jersey. not like the the all black from the Notre Dame Winter Classic. Just like the classic black normal striping Blackhawks jersey that they used to wear. Like 99 to 07. Yeah, I like yeah, it. It's clean. We jersey. haven't seen like an actually just classic black Blackhawks jersey in a very long time. I if like. They them bring a lot.
0: back a third. I want a black jersey like that. That's the third jersey Me too. I want.
1: Eight, I've got the black San Jose Sharks jersey. Uh, Same thing. It's pretty classic looking. Seven, I love the Canucks flying skate. The flying skate is one of the coolest logos in the league. I love it. Uh, Six, bit of a homer pick. I like the Hurricanes, the take warning flags too. Uh, It's pretty nice. They did make them their permanent home jerseys recently. I think the Canes might be the only team in the NHL that has a different home does logo on the front of their shirt and a logo on the front of their jersey in the league. Like, they have two separate logos. They've got the flags, and be, then their away team is the, their wagers are the white uh, wordmark canes.
0: But They're the only team that uses their secondary logo.
1: I like it. Nothing wrong with being different uh heavy marketing there at 5 i got the caps blue screaming eagle jerseys uh from like 06, 05, 07 area uh 4 i got the islanders fisherman jerseys I, I think it's one of the coolest looking jerseys period i love the logo uh 3 the lady liberties those are just nice looking uh you pretty you, you summed it up pretty well clifton and then 2 I love, I'll preface this by saying I love ugly jerseys. I think the Vancouver flying V with like the ugly yellow and orange, whatever the hell you want to call that mess is awesome. That's not the Jersey though. My two spot is the Dallas stars. uh, Mooderous Jersey, the like constellation looking thing, the black and the, with the green and red and, yellow trim that's one of my favorite jerseys and then at number one I like the LA Kings uh like the Burger King logo looking jersey where it's like purple with like a sash of it I love it it's ugly that's one of my favorites It was in my top three I've been trying so long to find it and it's so damn expensive like I can't find it anywhere online for less than like $300 which is $300 I don't have I'm a broke college student. I don't have that money.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. say the Dallas jersey was a pull from uh, uh, definitely random looking at it right now. You, the the word ugly is definitely the word I would use for this. The Vancouver ones I do like. These Dallas ones, on the other hand, are
2: very uh, interesting I had, style. I had the old North Stars jersey in my my honorable mentions section along with that Statue of Liberty Rangers jersey and then my last like honorable mention is like the Washington Capitals jersey from like I think the late 1990s into the early 2000s it's blue and it has the eagle on it yeah yes that that would have been in the honorable mentions if I went past 10 but I didn't have enough to make it to an even number I think we we had a lot of similar
0: ones, and we definitely had all some random ones for sure. I think that the Dallas one's definitely the one that threw me for the biggest loop, though.
1: Yeah, i I also can't seem to find that anywhere. I don't know why I like it. I think I'm just a fan of like the. I don't. I don't know. It looks cool. I don't. I, I've I've seen it worn once. I was. I think I was at a Blackhawks game against the stars when I was like a kid with my grandfather and some guy in the section that we were sitting in had that Jersey on, he was sitting by himself, but he, he was there with that Jersey. And I, I love it. I don't know why, but it's, it's cool to look at. It's like the only, I've, I don't know. There isn't another NHL Jersey that's ever been like it in my eyes. So,
0: so I've been sitting here staring at it, trying to figure it out. I like the Jersey. I hate the logo.
1: That's what everyone's gripe is. Everyone's gripe is that the logo looks all whack. People say that it looks like a uterus or like a moose constellation. That's why I call it. The, that's why it's called the muterus MUT like muterus at uh, uterus with an M in front of it that. Yeah.
2: Having a decent Jersey with an awful logo on it kind of reminds me of like the Boston Bruins Pooh bear Jersey.
0: Hey, we don't. I love the Pooh Bear I love, jersey. That would have no. been my honorable mentions. <laughs> Pooh Bear's great. That jersey's awesome. I love that jersey.
2: I hate that jersey so much. Oh. And there's rumor that it's coming back this year as like one of those reverse retro jerseys. And I am just like, please don't.
0: There's another rumor jersey coming back for a different franchise that you guys probably think is absolutely brutal. And it's also in my honorable mentions. Any guesses?
1: Oh no clue. man. I'm trying to think what what teams, what old teams, the the Golden Seals,
0: the 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 old bringing back the teal Golden Seal jerseys. The old like like Tampa Bay Lightning with like the blue in the middle, gray shoulders, like lightning bolt on the arms. Oh, the the vanilla era. Yeah, like the 1997 like storm kind of like scene that was rumored to be coming back as their uh retro 2.0. I saw from uh, somebody on the athletic, I think I could be wrong on that, but I saw that was rumored to be theirs. I really hope sure let's wash
2: jeans and a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I really Definitely
1: hope not teams, wrong. <laughs> I hope when the jersey contract gets it's up at the end of this season, correct? Yeah, correct. I hope yeah, teams is still out. use, like, I know whoever it's going to be, Nike, Reebok, CCM, whatever company it's going to be, I, I hope that teams still use their reverse retros. Some of them, at least, use the reverse retros on some nights. I hope there's able like a way to figure that out oh. because I really like some of them. I like the Carolina Hurricanes Whalers jerseys. I like the Columbus Blue Jackets Cannon jerseys. I like the Penguins, like, Collegiate letters uh penguins Jersey that they had le- that they released last year. I hope I that I think that out. is a
2: pipe dream.
1: I think it Definitely. is too, but I hope, you know, uh, one
2: can hope. Cause a new hey. contract comes in. That means they're going to, you know, want to make some money in the, you know, that company, whoever takes it over. So they're going to come up with a new Jersey design. If they don't redo the jerseys completely. And then they're going to make a shitload in Jersey sales to help the salary cap go up. Cross your fingers. If
1: if there's a, if it's a, wow, I can't speak. If there's a good thing to come of the Jersey contract changing over the end of the season, I don't know if you guys remember when Reebok changed hands with Adidas, but there was an influx and there still is an absurd amount of just like overstock excess Reebok jerseys out there that were being sold and still are being sold for dirt cheap. And I really hope, as much as I'm not a, the biggest fan of the Adidas jerseys, if I can get my hand on an Adidas like authentic for what, let's call it 120 bucks, 100, 100 bucks even somewhere on eBay in the near future, because there's a bunch of overstock that just needs to get off, out of uh, whatever shelf they're sitting on, I will gladly take that.
0: So, Connor, which company yes. do you want to take over the jersey contract? I know who I want.
2: Um, I would say probably CCM, to be honest.
0: Yes, yes. Unless we get something cool like a Jordan brand or something like that could drive like something totally different to the NHL. Would Definitely majestic, I want CCM.
1: I, I don't, I'm not hip to the, you know, rumor and news mill around the Jersey contract, but would Majestic be in on it at all like would they have any
2: interest in dipping their toe in the hockey market probably doubtful um for me personally with like these jersey contracts i just wish that whoever is making the authentic jerseys on the ice is making the jerseys for the fans that you buy and there's no other secondary market like for example um you know no harm no foul in this but the fanatics jerseys like i think a lot of people get completely confused or bamboozled and end up getting these fanatic jerseys that aren't actually the real jerseys they're just a a likeness of the jersey i just want there to be one freaking jersey that you can get that would be my only hope
1: in that same vein or I guess in the inverse in a way, if whatever company that picks up the contract decides to sell a close to authentic Jersey and a not so close to the authentic Jersey, I was always a big fan of the Reebok replicas. I think those were, you know, they weren't the best material. They weren't like the Reebok edges that you'd be able to get. They weren't, ice-worn, game-worn jerseys. But I'd be lying if I told you the Reebok re- replicas were horrible because the, the the jersey quality was light, but it was still, like, nice jersey. It was a nice material for a jersey. The, the numbers and the logos were heat-pressed, but they weren't, like, crappy, flimsy material. It was pretty sturdy. And they, they hold up to, so, like, wearing them out at the you know, going out with your friends, eating them to dinner, bringing them to the rink, wearing them around just on an everyday walk. Like they were usable jerseys and they looked nice too. Unlike like it's completely opposite from where fanatics is with the replica jerseys, where the Jersey material is shit. The logo looks like shit. It's not even close to where Adidas has their jerseys at. And I mean, to each their own, I never bought a fanatic Jersey and I still won't. I, I think they're terrible.
2: Yeah, for me personally, I do not want a jersey unless I'm getting it from the pro shop of the team, personally.
0: Yep, agreed. I get mine every year when I go to Chicago for a game. That's where I buy all my jerseys is from their shop. It's just you're guaranteed to get the right jersey. It's guaranteed to be authentic if you want to pay that extra money and get the authentic one. Definitely the way to go for sure. But I wouldn't mind Reebok. I didn't hate it.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not local in Chicago, right?
0: No, sir. I Are tend you to go up south. Like, yeah, I'm in Florida.
2: How often do you go up?
0: Uh, recently, once a year. I don't know if I'll get up this year because I'm getting married. So obviously, that's going to take up my vacation. But normally, once a year, I get up there.
2: Well, congrats family, on getting so. married. Thank the you, next sir. time you come up here, you need to give me some notice and you need to make it during the Blackhawk season. Always. i only live about two hours away i will gladly you know pull some inside the rink strings and get us some tickets to a game and uh we'll have a, a good old time
0: oh absolutely we will we will definitely make that happen when i get a chance to get back up there i definitely try to go as much as i can because it's my favorite city it's ultimately where i want to live um just down here family and whatnot it's hard to get it's get, the get greatest up there with city. everything
1: it's the greatest city in the world at least to me.
2: It's the greatest city in Chicago or or, uh, (laughs) in Illinois.
0: (laughs) So Connor, before I let you go here and we're going to have you online during the season at points too, but I want to get some preseason early predictions, just Stanley cup winner heart winner, any uh, bold or crazy predictions you have for the season and going in, who wins the Connor Bernard sweepstakes.
2: Oof. So I'm going to take the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I think you're going to see the Arizona coyotes win that Um, just kind of makes too much sense for me. They're kind of going to be a dumpster fire uh, this season. Uh, All of the other teams who are in that realm still have a lot better and significant players compared to them. And obviously you guys in Chicago would probably love to win that, but you have, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Seth Jones. So probably not likely Um, for the Stanley cup. Hmm. I am going to probably say we get a Stanley cup final of the Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina hurricanes and rematch. Edmonton Oilers win
0: rematch from. Oh, it's one year short from ten years, wouldn't it be? One year short. Oh, a little, little off there.
2: Yeah, just four years. No, not a big deal. I'm uh, uh,
0: not a math guy. Not a math
2: guy. I mean, as far as the Hart Trophy, I'm probably gonna say Connor McDavid. I went. I picked him to win the cup. I think he's gonna have a monster year, uh, a full year with Evander Kane playing there. Um, Jack Campbell, you know, recently acquired this offseason. I think the Oilers are gonna be. A much different much more improved team and i think they're going to ride the back of connor mcdavid to the promised land
0: they're a good team uh i just don't love their goaltending situation that's my only qualm there um but yeah they definitely have the top talent for it so they're not a bad pick i would i would love to see carolina carolina is like secretly one of my favorite teams in the east so uh bunch of jerks i missed tiva terrifying and that's all i have to say Breaks my heart. Anything else from you? You got any bold predictions, anything like that? Wow, well, do you think is going to happen? Any big teams like Tampa are going to miss the playoffs and give uh, Chicago a top, a top 10 pick, something like that?
2: I think that the Boston Bruins are going to miss the playoffs this year. And I also think they will be replaced by the Detroit Red Wings in the playoff bracket.
1: I think Uh-oh. that is a very good opinion. I love that. I've I okay. The red wings I think are due. I think the rebuild has gone on long enough. And I think the team is competent itself where I think they'll just function and like squeak their way in Boston. Didn't get that much better from last year. If anything, they got like worse by a small margin. So I, I, I can agree with that.
2: I will disagree. I think Boston got better. However, they are going to be missing Brad Marchand, uh, Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Grizzlick to start the year. And Marchand's probably not coming back till December. McAvoy, November, December. And Grizzlick's probably going to miss at least the first month of the year. So they're going to have a lot of games missed there. And I see that having a stumbling effect. They're going to come out and they're going to be missing three of their arguably better players in their lineup. And that's going to be a big impact. Now for Detroit, I'm just, I did some prep, you know, for the podcast that I do. And I was going over some of the teams in the Atlantic division and, you know, their improvements or, you know, Regression. So Detroit this last off season, they lost Sam Gagne, Mark Stahl, and then Thomas Grice. They added Andrew Kopp, David Perron, Dominic Kubelik, Ben Sherat, Ville Huso, and Mark Pisick. And they still have $8.1 million in cap space this season. Not to boot. Robbie Fabry hasn't been healthy for them for the last couple of years, and he's expected to be fully healthy this season. And I would even argue the fact that I think the Detroit Red Wings may have the best goalie tandem in the NHL with Nadelkovic and Huso.
0: that's deep praise for the goaltending tandem i mean i like both of them i don't know about the best way. i think the just, just put you over the top of
2: Vasily. i mean i get I'm, what you're saying i'm not saying the best individual saying, but... goalie because there's you know sharp drops from both so, of those goaltenders when you go from Vasilevsky to a brian elliott
0: just just out of curiosity where would you place like a who on your rankings for goalies I would probably. I'd have him in probably, my top 10, I think. You think
1: Billy Huso's a top
2: be, 10 goalie in the league? I think he could, yes. I think he's close to
0: like 10, yeah. 9, 10 probably, just really quickly in my head.
2: So here's I, a caveat. When I am going to tell you what I think he's ranked at, I am not telling you that I think he may be a you know top 10 overall skilled goalie. I am going to tell you that he is a top 10 overall goalie this year because of his skill and with the defensive structure that the team plays in front of him, that makes him more successful.
0: Definitely a good point.
1: I I don't necessarily know if I can disagree with that just because of how you worded it and made the made, made it so that that is like a, Good reason for him to be a top ten goalie. I I I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. I think Detroit's going to be pretty good this year. I but I I mean, Billy Husso to me is always never going to be as good as that. But you make a point. I I think there's some there's an argument to be made there.
2: Because I mean, you could have the best goaltender in the world. You know. So for the example that I'll make. You know, Tuka Rask in Boston, was he the best goaltender? No, absolutely not. Was he a top 10 goaltender every year? Yeah, absolutely. Why was that? Because the Bruins have played a very elite defensive structured game for over a decade while Tuka Rask was in Boston. So he was getting a lot of extra help that some of these goaltenders in the league definitely do not. Like, for example, you know, Jack Campbell last year in Toronto. Toronto's definitely not playing defense like that. Campbell was getting hung out to dry and having to stand on his head to keep them in games. So I factor the defensive structure of a team heavily into my judgment on goaltending.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to find a better pair in the league and I really don't see a better tandem in the league if you want to factor in both goals evenly. Uh, that's that's kind definitely of tough. Point.
2: I think you know another one that you might be able to put in there right now is Bavrovski and Spencer Knight. Um of course you know it depends what kind of year Bob is having. Um, I think the Bruins are probably in the top five with a uh, Jeremy Swayman and Alinas Olmark combo.
0: Carolina's combo isn't too bad.
2: I do think we have this year.
0: I, it's still uh,
1: Freddie and. Ah, shit. Who was Jay, the backup? Okay. I
0: literally just. uh Auntie Ranta.
2: Thank you. Ranta. Okay. And then
0: there was one other. Uh, Nashville, if you. Tuso and Kevin Lincoln, it's not terrible.
1: You I mean, mean I don't want Lincoln. it. I don't or think. Saras, yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, Lincoln and is even going to be their second guy.
0: Yeah, that's what it's, I, As of right now, it's listed. We forgot a pretty good one on the island. Oh, Who is yeah, it Varlamov out there? Is, broken. Broken.
1: Yeah. Var, Var, Varlamov's always a hit or miss, I feel like, in the last few couple seasons. He's not always been himself.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm i not convinced that Varlamov's there at the end of the year, to be honest with you.
1: I, I, I agree. would agree with that.
2: So... I'm going to kind of go on a little tangent here because I love to hate the New York Islanders. But uh, last season, in a little prediction, kind of like I gave you guys here today, I said that the New York Islanders were going to miss the playoffs. And I was shredded on Twitter for that. And it came through and I kept my receipts and I sent messages to a couple people that kind of shredded me online for it. And I said, ha I laughed last. And I think that if you look at the Islanders and all the swings and misses they had this offseason with what they would have wanted to do, their team is extremely old. And there's really nobody there to play with Matt Barzal right now. And yeah, you can have great goaltending and good defensive structure, but now they're at the point where they don't have anybody who can score a goal. And I think that they are closer to having to blow it up than to retool because they really don't have the cap space
0: i agree and you have to resign barzell still at the end of the year so who knows if he even wants to resign i agree I, I that's i don't think that that was that crazy of a take i definitely could see them blowing it up by the trade deadline and trying to tank their way out of it if they start cold like they did last year
2: yeah and you know you know that i'm a, a big bruins supporter but i think the boston bruins are in the same boat I think that this year, even though it's the last hurrah of, you know, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, if it gets real out of hand, they're probably going to sell off some of their mediocre assets uh, at the trade deadline. And then uh, I took a lot of heat for this um, in suggesting this before, but along, you know, with your hatred of the idea of trading Patrick Kane, I would personally hope that the Boston Bruins trade Brad Marchand.
0: It breaks my heart.
2: Not really. I hate
0: Brad Marsh personally, but that's surprising. I don't know. I just, I I think it's just really rare that you get guys that stay with the team. And I, I just think that could mean more. And, but it, for Patrick Kane to me, I just, like, I watched him do what he did with all the other young players. Like I've already said, I just, I think he could be valuable. I'm not sure if Brad Marsh and I don't watch the Bruins enough to know if he's the kind of guy that can bring along the, like, uh, IE Lucas Reichel, or like if he gets to play with the Frank Nazar, if he stays, I don't know if Brad Marshall is the kind of guy that can develop a player offensively. Uh, I have no idea, so I don't know if I was a Boston fan, if I trade him or not, but I, I just like to see guys stay. I think it's just very rare. Like, I think there's potentially you see guys like Connor McDavid not stay in Edmonton forever. I think there's a really good chance Austin Matthews leaves in 2024. I, it's just I'd like to see guys stay. I think it's more, I don't know, it's not more fun, but I don't know, it's just more happy, I guess, for an ending. Yeah, but
2: at at some point, you know, as, you know, my podcast co-host, Jacob, um, he had said to me on our recent pod, he said that the LeBron James effect is starting to happen. In the NHL, I think we've seen it this offseason, you know, as far as Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Huberto, all moving teams. And I think we're getting to a point where players are taking the power back into their hands for how much money they're going to make, where they want to play in their situation. And I think that teams are going to realize that and they're going to start making business decisions. Not, oh my God, You know I want to keep you on our team, so you only played for us, and then retire your jersey. I think that's going to become less and less and less and less of a factor. Within the next five years, I don't think you're going to think about it the same way. You would rather see the, we will do what we need to and sell off and trade the assets to make us legit, so that we keep profits going and the parity in the league will honestly be better because of it in my opinion.
1: I I think you're right. I think look, I mean the the I I'm pretty sure this is the first time since before covid that the cap ceiling has moved up unless mm-hmm. it moved up going into last season I'm forgetting, but
2: it went up a million dollars last year but kind of same same.
1: Yeah, like the cap ceiling's only going to go up. You look at this past summer you look at the trend of guys in the next couple of seasons that are going to be on expiring contracts you look at those guys you look at how young they are currently you look you look at how influential they are to their team success and production rate now and in a few years they're probably going to still be that important to them if if the structure of NHL free agency and team building compositions and general managers Operating the way that they need to to keep their team successful in the news, making money. If it's starting to trend a little more in the way that the NBA kind of has, I'm all for it. Right when the broadcast rights got picked up by ESPN, I was excited not because more people were going to be able to watch hockey on a random scrolling through the sports channels basis than they were before when they were on NBC, but because. ESPN knows how to promote individuals on a team as opposed to a team with individuals. Connor McDavid isn't going anywhere in Edmonton, but theoretically, if Connor McDavid wanted to leave, that would be a pretty big thing for whatever team gets him, not only because they got Connor McDavid, but because Connor McDavid is probably in some way going to make a big media show of it, whether intentionally or not, and more people are going to want to play there kind of like the NBA you see LeBron James left from Cleveland to Miami from Miami to Cleveland then to LA he was calling his friends all over the place Kevin Durant does the same thing James Harden same thing The list goes on if the NHL is trending that way it's going to be a lot more entertaining and there's going to be a lot more people invested in storylines that didn't exist until it happens and I like that I think it's I think it's good for the sport
2: yeah and, and to be fair the estimates and the projections right now are that the cap is going to go up two to $3 million next off season. Then they might have one more year of roughly the same. And either in 2024 or 2025, you're supposed to be looking at a $10 million jump in the salary cap. I, and well, I think that that, that, puts that it- adds more, you know, wood in that fire for players looking to jump teams you know, that have more of a bag to spend, if you will.
1: We aren't that far away from another collective bargaining agreement needing to be agreed upon between the NHLPA and the owners. Not that, what, I think it's 26, 27, I think is when the current one goes through. That's not that long from now. I wouldn't be surprised if contract maximums and contract minimums go up with the increase in the cap ceiling. We're we're only a couple of seasons removed from a team being able to spend a hundred million dollars before injuries on contracts. That's insane. That's like unfathomable.
0: Uh, I agree to a certain extent. I don't ever think we get to the NBA. I think the NBA is ridiculous. It's not entertaining like you think it is. I think it kills fandoms when you. I don't can't think the NBA is entertaining, jersey. but I think if. Uh, but the reason why I don't think is whether or not we get to a new season. Or not, the owners aren't going to give up as long as they like hold these players until they're 27 right now. I do agree that players might move more like Johnny Gaudreau and stuff, but it's not going to be the NBA where like LeBron jumped three teams. I think you're going to see the Johnny Gaudreau where he plays for the team that drafts him until 25 to 27 and then he wants to go play where he wants to go play and then he gets traded to Columbus and signs a big deal and then probably... Unless he goes and chases a cup late in his career, probably retires in Columbus. I think that's going to be the norm. I don't think we ever get to the NBA level, though. But I, I yeah. definitely agree that I don't, players are going to want to go where they want to go now. They know that when they turn a certain age that they hold the power and if they don't want to beat him where they're at, they're just going to go win. But I, I agree. It's, it's interesting, but I don't think it ever gets to the NBA status.
2: I don't, I don't think it will in the, in the terms of, you know, these star players playing on a different team every year, but I think if you look at what we consider a bridge deal right now, I think the next like superstar contract, when we get into, you know, the realm of a hundred plus million on the salary cap, I think the new superstar contract is going to be a bridge deal at high dollars, a three to a four year deal around 10 to $12 million a year for these superstars. Not like the Connor McDavid level. I'm talking about like, you know, your Patrick Kane for the next three years after this season, um, David Pasternak, you know, re-signs this next off for a three to four year, $13 million a year deal, that kind of being the norm. And then of course, you know, that makes these contracts a more tradable, so you would see more you know, superstars being moved around the league. And then, of course, that kind of makes it easier for some other superstars or older players coming off those superstar contracts to try and make a super team. But the thing that's different about those super teams from the NBA is the raw, pure talent can't win you games in the NHL the way that it does in the NBA. You can't put the five best shooters on the ice like you could in an NBA game and just blow out the other team. It's a completely different sport dynamic where that really doesn't matter too much, in my opinion, anyway.
0: No, I agree 100%. You can't just go jump together. It's got to be a full team and you got to have the right coach, the right system. Hockey's not just go have make the most talented lineup and win can't do that you've seen it fail before people go sign the most expensive free agents and just doesn't work out Bobrowski but um no I agree I I definitely think movement's going to be more prevalent I just don't think it's going to be as prevalent as maybe you guys are projecting I think like just one big move and then guy locked down wherever he gets moved to kind of just like I think what we're seeing is going to be the norm like if but it's also tough because Matthew Kachuk was in or Johnny Gaudreau was on an American team. I don't know if they leave. I think the fact that they're both American kind of played a big factor in COVID. So it's it it's interesting. That that whole scenario, I couldn't imagine being a Flames fan. I mean, they did what are your opinion? Do you think they did a good job rebounding? I think that's pretty good package for what they had to deal with there.
2: I think they're better than they were, to be honest. I can see it. I can definitely see it. I mean, they're definitely more balanced. Um, their second line is much more improved with Nazem Kadri being in the center position. Um, they already had a phenomenal defense, and they got even better. Now, I don't necessarily think that this defense score that you see right now is going to be there at the end of the year. I think they're going to trade one of their defensemen. Um, and that's probably going to be to help getting a pretty significant impact player up front. Um, their goaltending with Markstrom and Vladar is pretty solid. Um, obviously, only having Huberto come in when you lose two wings like Goudreau and Kachuk kind of hurts. But as sad as this is to say, it is a lot easier to replace wings than anything else. And if you can get a center like Nazem Kadri to replace yourself with you know Matthew Kachuk and then Jonathan Huberto for Johnny Goudreau, I think that's a pretty good wash. And then to add Mackenzie Weger in that group as well, I mean, can't go wrong, in my opinion. I think that they are going to give the Edmonton Oilers one hell of a run for their money. Yeah, I think they're going to be good. I don't know if they'll be better. I think it might take a little bit to
0: gel. So I don't know if next year they'll be better. And then I'm not sure how their contracts break down, if they are going to be back the year after that, if they have to figure that out. I'm not really sure how their cap situation looks there. But I think if they can put it together and get cohesive early, I think they can definitely make a run deep into the year. I think they make the playoffs this year. I don't expect them to be too crazy different from a standing standpoint i don't expect them to play the same type of style though i think it's going to be a little slower a little more locked down not as flashy
2: so to help you kind of get a little understanding of what their cap situation is going to look like right now they have about 2.1 million dollars in cap space and at the end of the year they will have to re-sign yusovalamaki and Mackenzie Weger to new contracts, but Trevor Lewis at eight hundred thousand a year comes off the cap, and then Milan Lucic at five point two five comes off the cap. So they're going to have close to nine million dollars in cap space, not including however much money the cap goes up, and they really only have two defensemen to sign.
0: What do you pay Mackenzie Weegar? seven mm. I mean that's probably the market but i just i he hasn't been good long enough for me to give him seven and feel good about it but i mean it's probably seven to eight would be the market in my head I, I don't know if I love that
2: i I don't know that he's gonna get paid like that he's had two good seasons in a row. I would probably say that he comes in around six, five
0: and a half, six. I would, I would feel really nice if I was a Flames fan and you can get him on like that for like four or five-year deal. I think that would be a really nice deal for the Flames.
2: And the reason that I say that is because if you look at their defensive structure, you know, they have Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Christopher Tanev, Nikita Zorov, Oliver Shillington all of those defensemen make under $5 million. That's, I know, a,
0: that's a great decor for that.
2: Yeah. They are spending $25 million across seven defensemen. And they have a really good defensive core.
0: We spent half of that in one defenseman.
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. So for me, you know, seeing what they have built there, you know, as far as their salary structure internally, I just don't see them being willing to offer that much money, whether they have it or not.
0: So, how nervous are you five years down the line, though,
2: for the Calgary Flames?
0: Yeah, I was just on Cap Friendly. And I was looking, it, and they have both the
2: both the yeah, big contracts they signed
0: this year. Yeah.
2: And then pretty old though. And yeah, they'll be old, but uh, I think that you probably don't have to worry too much. Um, You know, Markstrom's going to be 37 at that point. Um, So he's probably not going to be an option in goal anymore, but their decor, you know, Rasmus Anderson is young. Noah Hannafin is young. Uh, Nikita Zorov is still pretty young. You know, shillington and valamaki are still pretty young so i think their their back end will be solid it will just be up front up front they're kind of older you know everybody within their lineup at this point is right around 30 except for maybe manji apani um and dylan dube everybody else is probably within two to three years of 30 if not older so yeah, the question will be, what can they do to, you know, draft and develop some forwards, or maybe um, make some trades with some of those other players. And to be honest with you, letting Johnny Gaudreau walk without getting any assets for him in return murders your franchise.
0: Yeah, would have.
2: That's why would've I. Th- that's why I told you earlier. It's an absolute horrible mistake for Davidson to not get I assets. think that's
0: two different scenarios with Kane already having three cups on and the paper, fact that he was able I mean to get. I don't think he's wrong on three paper. first round picks last year like it's different like Davidson Davidsonbrook we're rebuilding it's just a lottery late round pick like I don't really care for 20 like how often does 25 through 30 wind up being an NHL player that's like 30% of the time so like Patrick Kane to me is more valuable on the roster than that if we were getting a top 10 pick then I would be 1 billion percent about it, but no team's going to give up a top 10 pick because if you're trading for Patrick Kane, you're obviously looking for a playoff run so you don't have a top 10 pick. So,
2: so I'm just going to throw this out here. You would rather see a, an extra 30 games of Patrick Kane in a Blackhawks uniform instead of getting a prospect and a first-round pick and maybe more. Knowing that you know Patrice Bergeron, Kirill Kaprizov, um, Anze Kopitar, you know players of that caliber, Brad Marchand, even none of those people are even first round picks. Yeah, but the odds
0: odds are not in the favor.
2: David Pasternak was twenty fourth overall, I believe, when he was I picked mean, by the Bruins. You could go I mean, through the
0: whole NHL and do that, but what's the yeah. odds of that second round pick hitting? Very slim. Like we just had Alex it was a second round pick, but we also have a whole bunch of first round picks. I mean, everybody Stan Bowman drafted didn't pan out. I mean, that
2: guy so was terrible in the draft. My point is, taking you know, you obviously have the Homer hat being the the Blackhawks diehard faithful here. I personally don't. So it's easy for me to look at it and tell you, yes, you know, you're only saying really no because you love the player and what he's done for this organization and you are clinging on to that. That is not what is best for the franchise. And I think most Blackhawks fans, deep down, they know that. And I think that most of them are starting to come to terms with him being traded. Is better off ah. for them and their franchise to get back to being good and winning and them loving and enjoying following the team again. Because right now, I bet you if you went out and you did a poll of Blackhawks fans and said, Do you enjoy being a Blackhawks fan and following the Blackhawks? Oh, okay, I would so, probably so here's my question that for you though. over 70% would say no. Who are we like? Who are we
0: taking the average fan that doesn't really watch, or like your true diehard fans that are going to be here through this rebuild? That's my question.
2: Take a thousand random Blackhawks fans of varying degrees. And if I, it's, I would if be it's willing to a mixture like that,
0: it's probably 65, 35. If it's your diehard Blackhawks fans, it's probably. 60 40 they probably still enjoy watching because they're here to ride and die for the rebuild anyway so i mean they're gonna be here for they probably were here during the other rough times where chicago was almost moved out of chicago and the stadium was empty i mean chicago has fair weather fans just like everywhere else so it's that's a tough say i mean but again if if patrick kane's going to leave and not respond then he absolutely needs to be traded but i i just don't think getting a late pick is is worth moving on for Patrick Kane when you could get a late pick and, for Max Domi, potentially, or Anthony Anasiu or Connor Murphy. Like you can get that first round pick without moving him. If he, if he's not willing to stay, then yeah, if Kyle Davidson keeps Patrick Kane and then Patrick Kane walks in the off season, I'm calling for his hat because like you said, that's a first round pick. That's a prospect we could have had. I'm absolutely calling for his hat. But if Patrick Kane wants to stay, then I'm 1,000% okay with it. And I don't think it hurts the rebuild as much as you're making it seem like it would. I think it's a lottery ticket. If that lottery ticket works, great. But it's very unlikely that that lottery ticket will work out in the late 20s in the first round pick. And now if there's a good prospect, like uh, Toronto has Robertson. But I don't even know if Robertson's like a game-changing prospect. So, I mean, the CACO is different. it's totally different here. That's like a first or was he second overall pick? So that's a different style of prospect. Someone like that's a game changer, but I don't know if it's a late pick and a B grade prospect. I just think that that's two lottery tickets and it doesn't necessarily change your franchise rebuild. You could get that with Max Domi or Anthony Annecy by just playing them next to Patrick Kane and having them put up big points.
2: Mm. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but. I do think you brought up a good point of, you know, the pain and suffering that there was before Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. I don't think that the organization wants anything to do with that again. And I keeping think Patrick
0: that, Kane saves that.
2: I think the opposite. I think keeping Patrick Kane on your roster and potentially signing him to an extension just extends your rebuild. Okay. So you are going to be better with him on your team. So your first round picks are going to be less and less and less of valuable in your opinion, from what you've just told me the past few minutes, that having late round draft picks, you know, is no dice. Well, if you keep Patrick Kane around, he is going to continue to perform and score and not let the team get the high draft picks that it needs to quickly. Uh, rebuild. We have the sixth overall pick
0: with Alex Obrinkit on the team and mark andre flurry in that now we have two not great goaltenders and no alex to bring it and we didn't bring in anybody that's really i do that. not
2: think that the players on the ice had anything to do with the blackhawks organization last year and its lack of success
0: i do i watched all 82 games it was they're just not it's not a good roster patrick Kane's name and seth jones name flashes but Without Jake McCabe, now you have Connor Murphy who gets hurt every year. They don't have a good defensive core. It's young kids who are going to have a lot of growing pains and two mediocre goalies. Like, I think Chicago's roster is truly a bottom three roster in the league, not being a homer, because I want, I don't think it's in my heart, I think it's good enough to get a good chance because it's lottery balls, but I don't think Chicago is going to be like the worst team in the league to have the best odds at Connor Bernard. I don't think they're that bad, but I think it's a bottom three, bottom five roster with or without Patrick. I mean, take Patrick Kane off of it and Jonathan Tays, it might be the worst roster in the league fighting with Arizona. Seth Jones is, I mean, he's great and he's a number one defenseman, but he's not like a Camel Carr type or Victor Hedman
2: type. But the one thing that you're leaving out is they're now a team that has no expectations. Everybody thinks that they're going to lose. So these players are playing on all house money and they're going out there and they really don't have to care. They can just go out there and play. And players that go out and just play overperform. And they still have some really good players on their roster whether they've traded a lot of people away or not. And those players are going to perform and probably overperform because of, you know, lack of pressure and actual expectations. And we'll keep the Blackhawks relevant enough that you won't be in the top 10. Last year, you can say whatever you want about the roster, but I don't care how good you are. When you have that many very, very loud distractions around your locker room, there is no way to keep your focus on hockey and on the ice to play the way they should have. I just do not
0: believe that. If you're telling me Peter Morazic and Alex Daylock are going to be able to keep the puck out of the net with Seth Jones, Riley Stillman, Caleb Jones, Jack frickin' Johnson, Alex Vlasic, a Connor Murphy, who will get hurt. Sadly, I love Murphs, but he'll get hurt. He gets hurt every year, and just any rookie to go thrown in there with the forward core that the Hawks have to I think that people look at the Hawks and see Kane and Seth Jones and Jonathan Taze and like as we talked about Jonathan Taze is I it sounds so bad I really don't like saying it probably a third line player like like he's not great so like you can't look at him as like a great player like you have two good players two good players can struggle all the time and like to be honest I don't know if Patrick Kane's gonna even mesh with the Max Domi and Anthony Ancio. And the Blackhawks want to keep Lucas Reichel in the AHL, it sounds like. So if he doesn't come up, this Blackhawks team just doesn't have anybody to score. Taylor Radish, That he's your guy.
2: I also think that you are selling very, very low on Peter Morazic. He had some downtime with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who play a terrible defense. I think he's structure. okay. I'm not, I, and he has not been a very solid. Goaltender in the NHL it's, between the Red Wings and the Hurricanes.
0: It's the decor for me. Like, I love Seth Jones, but he gets beat in the defensive zone a lot and he gets outmanned a lot. And Absolutely, I think but Seth Jones is oh, I agree. He'll get a bunch of assists to Patrick Kane, but like once those two are off the ice, I just don't think there's anyone left. Like, I think you're looking at Seth Jones playing with Alex Vlasic, they looked decent at the end of last year, and then if Connor Murphy is healthy, which he should be to start the year, you got him and probably Riley Stillman and/or Ian Mitchell, and then from there you're gonna have Jack Johnson, Caleb Jones. That's that's just really bad. And then offensively, like Tyler Johnson might be the third most points on Chicago. Dude, that's mind blowing. Like how bad this team really is. I think it's just being overlooked because of how great Patrick Kane is and because Seth Jones is a good I just think it's, I think I'll this roster it. is just a little too high. I'll say In it. I mind. think
1: you're overselling how bad the team is, and at the same time, I think you're overselling how – how much production Patrick Kane is going to have on this team. Not that he's not going to be Patrick Kane. I, think, but,
0: I don't think he's going to have much. Zach, you're helping my point. I think he puts up like 70 to maybe 82 points, and he was over a point per game last year. That's, you, you just helped my point there. Maybe I did, but I don't know. See, There's no one to score goals for him. The, like, the team's not good. To?
2: I also think that you're going to potentially see Another two to three players added onto the roster throughout this season that are going to be NHL players in the form of a cap dump that aren't going to be terrible.
0: I don't think they do. I don't think they do that. Just don't see it. I think they're cap space i think kyle davidson's going to use this i think they might weaponize cap space but when they do they're also going to be moving out guys like anthony Anasio and max domi at the deadline so i think it'll like i i agree they'll move in people with like getting cap and taking on money and stuff but i don't think i think it'll equal itself out with the people that go out and i don't think it's crazy out of the mind to see guys like if uh, McKay comes back and gets healthy, he gets moved with three years left. And I don't think it's insane to see a guy like Connor Murphy be moved either. That's been talked about in the offseason. So I think the Blackhawks can offload more. And I get the worry, but I just think they're, I'm not saying they're bottom two guaranteed going to get Connor Verdard, Anfield, and Tilly. Or Mitch or anything like that. But I think they're they're bottom six roster in this league and go easily. They're going to get pumped by Colorado every time. They're going to get pumped by the Blues every time. They're going to play Alex Stalock versus the Coyotes. So we'll go 500 versus them. Plus, we always struggle versus the Coyotes in general. Like,
2: I think the trap team team will be bad enough. Everybody's going to play their backup goalies against you. And you're going to have a lot of opportunity to be in close games and pull out some points.
1: I think I think the roster's pretty competitive. I don't think it's great. I don't think we'll be able to win close games. I don't think we'll be able to hold on to leads. But I think I mean, Connor, you 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 said it pretty well. You roll into Chicago, you have Chicago coming into your home barn. It's Chicago. They're in a downswing year. Their best player is Patrick Kane, who, let's face it, isn't the same Patrick Kane that we faced in the in his heyday we can get away with a win here and we can rest some of our guys. We can rest the goalie who who's been getting 70% of starts. We can maybe throw in a few prospects here and there, depending on where we are in the season to get some NHL reps. I mean, from a betting perspective, Chicago is interesting to look at, but we don't got to get I'm into that.
0: Is uh, Vegas would agree with me. Vegas has Hawks at the second worst odds, So just saying
1: they're not good. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with you. I think they're terrible. I think they're I I I am going to try and watch one full period of every eighty-two of all eighty-two games that they play this year. Honor. it's gonna suck. But friendly,
0: yes. friendly twenty dollar wager. Hawks have a top ten pick or better. And I'll give you the tenth pick on your side. So top nine or better, twenty bucks my way, top ten or worse, twenty bucks your way at the end of the year. So let
2: me work bet. through
1: this in my head right here. That's mm-hmm. a losing bet, Connor. Don't take it. Don't He's the one that said
0: they're their top 10 are worse. So I'm just taking his odds. unless they w- And we can exclude not the lottery, like just finishing spot. We won't do the whole ball thing.
2: So let me see here. I'm going to tell you what teams I think are going to be in the bunch. And let's see if I get to 10. Okay. I need to make sure that there's 10 shitty teams here. So let's see, you've got the Coyotes, the Sabres, the Ducks, the Blackhawks, the Jets, the Islanders, the Kraken, the Sharks. The
1: Flyers. Maybe
2: the Flyers, yeah. That was the next one that I was about to say. The Canadians. That makes 10. Now, one it's of the things. The Hawks things- in the list, though one of the things that you also have to kind of keep into consideration here is the division in the central. It's not a great division. There's not many teams that are, you know, like head and shoulders above everybody else in their division. Colorado got much more mediocre than they were last year. They added Georgiev, but they lost Kadri, Burakovsky, Jack Johnson, and Kemper. They're going they to not be as central.
0: good. I think them in the Blues roll the central. I think Minnesota.
2: They will be, but I think instead of being able to sweep all of the games against the Blackhawks in the division, the Blackhawks might be able to win one or two. And you well, I think Arizona games. would do the same. I think Arizona maybe could. I think you're probably going to win more than 50% of your games against Arizona. I think it's very plausible that you're going to win games against Winnipeg. Nashville, I think, could be an undercover wagon. We'll see. I think Dallas is pretty pedestrian this year. St. Louis, pretty pedestrian this year. And I think Minnesota is going to take a step back pretty significantly. So you've got two really good teams in your division, in my opinion, in Nashville and Colorado, and I think that Chicago has a pretty even matchup against most of the rest of them, as the way things stand right now. So I, I don't think it's crazy. I'll take your twenty dollar bet. I'll be wild. I said right. worse.
0: I like it. I think I just pocketed a free twenty bucks on that. I I would have taken it, it. We already shook on it, but you could have dropped it down to six. I would have taken it. Just so you know, you could have talked me down.
2: But I'm taking it at 10. But you know what? When I win this at the end of the year, that's going to be a damn satisfying 20 bucks.
0: I'll let you have your victory
1: lap when you you if... think? Wait, hold on. Let me, let me just double check to see that I understand what's happening here. Clifton, you think the Blackhawks are going to be a bottom 10 team in the league? I think they'll be one
0: through nine bottom. He
1: and
0: thinks Cutter that they, thinks they will get a top 10, or 10 pick. Above. Give him the 10th pick as a nice guy.
2: So they would have to get pick number one or two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine was where they have to
0: Yeah. Odds wise. So we won't do the ball. So if like a team wins or whatever, because I feel like just odds at the end, one through nine.
2: Okay. Yeah. I
0: think I just free money.
2: It's not as crazy of a landslide as you would probably think. I think this is closer to a 50-50, maybe a 60-40.
0: I think what blows my mind the most though, with this is that you took it that even with Patrick Kane on the roster, you think he's going to be moved. So in your mind, he won't be on the roster, and you still think they won't be a bottom-10 team for those last like 20 games where they win one game because they can't score a goal. Mm-hmm.
2: Because wow. you also have to think all of these other teams who are mediocre. I didn't even throw in the blue jackets who I think could also be pretty mediocre. Those teams are also going to have a bunch of injuries or they're going to be trading a bunch of players at the NHL trade deadline to make themselves even worse. Or I think if the Blackhawks sit on their hands because they don't have a ton of players to really trade that are of significant value. I think it's going to be really close. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as you think. I don't think they're going to be a bottom three team.
0: I think that if your prediction happens and the Blackhawks aren't a bottom five team, Patrick Kane is a very happy human being in Chicago, and he stays, so I don't think I'll be mad if I lose this bet. Time will tell, my friend. If if they're a top ten, that means they improved, and they didn't add. They lost from the roster, so that would be a great sight for Patrick Kane in my mind. But I, I just... I just don't see it. I think they're bad. I just and I hate saying they're bad. I'm the I'm. I'll tell you, I home. Like I love the Blackhawks. I I believe for them, but I just I think they're that bad for roster. I've tried to talk myself into being like, oh, maybe they'll win some. I think they're bottom three easy. Now I don't know if the balls will fall our way, but I think it's the bottom three team, and I think it's it was crafted in a way to not get blown out. But to lose games because they just can't score goals. I think Davidson had a, a very clear plan, and I think signing Staylock was a very strategic. I'm going to sign one of the, not great backups in the league, so I can play him against certain teams, i.e., Arizona, and maybe lose. But that's I, I just think that they're not that great. I mean, if they improve that much and Luke Richardson's that good of a coach, I mean, I'm ecstatic about the hire of the coach at least.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stick with my prediction here that when you don't have a lot of expectations and you're playing on house money like this and, you know, especially in this season where the Blackhawks are, you know, kind of being like, you know, new year, new me, you know, I think that is going to have a lot to say with their production this year. And we're just going to have to wait it out and time will tell, but, uh, when they go on their 10 game winning streak at some point this season, I'm going to make sure that I send you a message every couple of days. Make sure oh, I know, know I'll hear it attention. from you.
0: They'll never let me hear the end of it. If you win this, I know I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have your, your lap. I'll eat it. But, um, any uh last plugs you want to do here, Connor plug in any podcast, everything. I mean, obviously inside the ring is the best stop. So, if you're going to do anything NHL, go to inside the rink, obviously Um, I'll be dropping a top 10 uh, Blackhawks jersey ranking later. So all your plugs, Connor podcast, you want to go on? I know you do a cue the duck, uh, cue the duck boat pod, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely check us out at inside the rink. And then of course, you know, the podcast that I do with Jacob and Kevin is cue the duck boats and we kind of do it in a a unique fashion where we spend a good chunk of the beginning of our episode on our hometown Boston Bruins and then uh, we kind of split it up we we started to cover all 32 teams in the NHL so we do a little bit of everything now and of course we have a, a pretty nifty gambling section for those of you who like to throw a couple bucks down like we have already today
0: I need it to be legalized in Florida man it's killing me killing me down here oh
2: man you gotta migrate somewhere else
0: i want to dude it's killing me right now just not being able to gamble especially with nfl and everything it's it's tough man
2: it is but it's probably better for your wallet especially when you're uh, about to begin married you probably need a couple pennies there
0: yeah the fiance would not be happy that's for sure um, <laughs> we'll definitely be getting you back on throughout the season probably have you check in go back and forth and i'll have to disagree with you on your hurricane thoughts because i'm always going to but um That'll do it for the pod today. Anything from you, Logan? I got nothing, Cliff. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to
2: Cue Q- the Dagger. <laughs>